God's word, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 32 through 34 states, mm-hmm. But I want you to be without care. He who is unmarried cares for the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But he who is married cares about the things of the world, how he may please his wife. Mm-hmm. There is a difference between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman cares about the things of the Lord, that she may be holy both in body and and in spirit, but she who is married cares about the things of the world, how she may please her husband. And this I say for your own profit, not that I may put a leash on you, but for what is proper, and that you may serve the Lord without distraction. May the Lord bless the hearing and reading of His word. Amen. You may be seated. Let's pray. Father, we do. As always, we give you glory and we give you honor, Father, for all that you're doing in our lives. And Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you are working in our marriages. Father, you're the one who created marriage. and Marriage is such a beautiful thing because it really displays the glory of the relationship between Christ and the church. And, and Father, as we go into this this morning, Uh, Lord God, we are very, very interested, Lord, in what you have to say. And Lord God, and those who are not here this morning, who should be here, somehow this message will land in their hands and into their hearts and bring about transformation, Lord. Father, we want transformation. And we want, Father, our marriages to reflect the glory and the honor, Father God, that you designed it to be. So, Lord, as we come, Lord, to preach, Lord, I pray that they will see none of me and all of you. Father God, will you speak life? Will you direct our hearts? May you pour into us exactly what you would have us to hear. And as always, Lord, we'll be careful to give you praise, to give you glory, and to give you honor. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, this is the second part of our series. We started last week talking about the keys to a great marriage. And uh, last week we talked about the four foundational laws that is really uh, paramount uh, that everybody should have as relate to uh, having a good, strong marriage. Um, How many know that the wonderful thing about marriage is that God didn't just you know, just kind of, you know, gave us marriage and then said, kind of figure it out. But God has also given us instruction in his word. And I'm so glad that when we follow the protocol of God's word, our marriage is all the better for it. And so this morning, we're going to be talking about an important subject. Uh, This week, we're going to be talking about understanding his needs. So this is a message that will kind of be for the for the wives, and then, but, but really, I mean, everybody will benefit. Uh, and then next week, uh, I'm sorry, for the, we'll be, yeah, for the wives, and next week we'll be dealing with understanding her needs. And we had to do, do it the other way around because the women, they got a lot more needs than we men have. Uh, y'all, y'all understand that. So let's, let's, let's kind of get into this. Now, one of the things I think is so important is that when you married your spouse, uh, your responsibility was to meet their need. 
Because one of the reasons why you got married in the first place was because you had a need. Am I right? You had a need for a companionship, a need for love, a need to be understood. And somewhere along the lines, um, if you're not careful, you'll find yourself taking for granted your spouse's need, whatever their needs may be. And everybody's needs are a little bit different. But when we reject our spouse's need, then we reject our spouse. And so we cannot take for granted the needs that we have. Uh, Say, for example, um, if you're driving down the road and let's just say that you just finished eating some steak, some rib and some lobster. Right. And uh, and you got a full stomach. I mean, you're just you're feeling good and you drive down the road. And as you're driving down the road, you smell some ribs, you smell some chicken, you smell all this different stuff. You know, it's probably not going to bother you that much. You know why? Because you just ate. You're full. And when you're full, you don't tend to be as hungry. But man, did us flip that thing around. Let's just say you haven't eaten. And uh, I had an opportunity to go to I was in California earlier this week and I, and I went to this place. that had a whole bunch of restaurants. And I was I remember I was just so hungry. And, and it's like, you know, when you're really hungry, you can smell like everything, every restaurant, whatever they're cooking, you smell it. You can, and it's like you're like, oh, man. And, and, and your taste buds start watering and you just can't wait till you can go in there and get yourself something to eat because you are hungry. Now, now let's how does that relate to our needs of the spouse? Well, one of the doorways that Satan come into a marriage is through unmet needs. And when your spouse is fulfilled, when you are meeting their needs, then the likelihood of them stepping out or doing something that would be counter Bible has decreased. Why? Because I'm fulfilled, because my honey has met my need. I mean, and it's no, and it's no, you know, the Bible says that, first of all, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, right? So you know that he is after your marriage. Well, Pastor, how can you say such a thing? Well, think about it this way. The devil always, you remember Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness? And the Bible says that while he was there, Satan came and said to him, Satan said, will you turn these bread, this bread into stone? Or turn this stone into bread? And Jesus had to correct him, man. So not live by bread alone, but every, every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then Satan went on to try to say, well, why don't you just go ahead and jump off the cliff? Because, you know, the Lord will protect you if you go ahead and jump off the cliff. And, and the Lord had to correct him again that, you know, he only worshiped the Lord thy God. The point I'm trying to make is that Satan came to Jesus when he was at his weakest point. The Bible says he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And don't you think for one moment that the devil will not send somebody your way knocking on your door and saying stuff like, well, you know what? Um, you know, if, if, you're, if you're a wife, you know, your, your husband really hasn't been paying much attention to you lately. I mean, in fact, your, your husband really don't appreciate you. Look at all the work you do and all the stuff you do. And, and he, just, he just really don't appreciate you. And maybe maybe you can just kind of find some satisfaction kind of like somewhere else. And, and if you're a husband, you know, well, you know, your wife, you know, she has been neglecting you now for how many weeks? She hasn't come anywhere near you. She hardly understands you. And, and all of a sudden, and the devil comes whispering in your ear and you're like, yeah, yeah. And you ever notice the Casanova 
or Miss America always come at the time when you're most vulnerable. Now, do you think that's just an accident? No, because the devil knows where we are at our weakest point. And that's why we need to make sure that we're attending to our spouse's need. What, what are their needs? Because if we, we can come to a point in our life and we can say, if, if, you know, if, I, if, 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 if my wife comes up and she says to me, honey, here's what I need. I need to talk. And, you know, we, we men could easily say, and we do say sometimes, well, you know what, you know, I'm, you know I, I don't really feel like much like talking right now. And we can kind of take that for granted. But when we take that for granted, then we are, in effect, rejecting our spouse. And so when we talk about meeting each other's need, we need to take it very, very seriously. Uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, and you don't have to turn there, she might have it, I think, uh, chapter 7, verses 3 and 5. The Bible talks there about, to, either, to even further that point, the Bible talks about how, that, how that, that, that we're not to deprive each other of sexual relations. And, and the reason it is that the Bible says, now, except there be for an agreement time of fasting and prayer. That means that both spouses got to agree that we're going to withhold intimacy from each other for a period of time for, for fasting and prayer. But you know what's interesting about that? It said, and come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Understand. He is going to come and he is always watching because he wants to get you. When you hear, the Bible says that, that he goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And we got to understand this. We got to say, OK, so whatever the needs of my spouse is, I'm going to give attention to that. I'm going to miss. I'm going to listen to my husband. I'm going to listen to my wife. And because it's your responsibility now to care for those needs. Now, look at let's look back at first Corinthians chapter number uh, seven, verses thirty two and thirty four. Now, now, look at this, because this is kind of the foundation of what we're talking about. But it says, I want you. It says in verse thirty two, but I want you to be. Without care. He who is unmarried cares for the things of the Lord and how he may please the Lord. But watch this. But he who is married cares about the things of the world and how he may please his wife. Now, now, now listen to this. Now, let's just say, for example, that before you was married, you could go out to all night church meeting and prayer meeting all night long, as much as you want. You can go to every mission. If a mission came up and you said, I'm going today, I'm going to Africa, I'm going to Asia, you can just get up and go. You can take all your money and just, just give it and do whatever you want to do for the Lord. If somebody calls you from a church, you can just get up and you can just go right into the church and serve God as long as you want, and you don't have to worry about anything. Well, why don't I have to worry about anything? You know why? Because I'm not married, so I can have... Uh, 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 un, undistracted devotion to the Lord because I'm not married. But he said now, but, but when you get married, I mean, no things change. Because now you have to care for the things concerning your wife or your husband. So now the tables turn. So, so we can't even say, well, you know what? Uh, uh, I, I got to do the church thing. I, I, you know, I got something else to do because you have to meet your spouse's need because now everything changes. That's why, young people, you want to be very slow in making a commitment. 
You know why you want to be slow in making a commitment? Because once you make it, you made it. And everybody got to understand that because I don't care what the world say today. I don't care. I don't care what the like, You can just leave it there if you don't mind. Yeah, and that's what I'm coming right here if you don't mind. Thank you, brother. Um, but but understand, I don't care what the world say today. The world may, may listen. The world will say that that, you know what, I'll get married. But when things don't go the way I want them to go, I'm going to I'm going to leave. Uh, or, or, you know, you ever hear of these prenuptial agreements? Can somebody tell me what that is? What does that have to do with a good, healthy marriage? Because I'm already undermining the marriage. When I, when I sign and I have a prenuptial agreement, I'm already saying, I'm basically saying, honey, if you don't act right, then uh, I want you to know I am out of here. Well, my question is, why did you get married in the first place? And then why would we stand and lie and said, for, for better or for worse, for richer or for poor? How many people really mean that today? Think about it. How many people really, really mean that? Because, and it's even crept into the life of the church where people think the same way. But when you get married, when you say I do, it's now your responsibility to care. See, I got to care for this woman's need. And I can't say, well, honey, just too bad. You got to get over it. Because some people do that. Get over it. No, no, no. Ain't going to get over anything. She is bothered about something. So then I got to stop everything I'm doing. And I got to make sure that her needs are met. Because you know what? Because God says I'm supposed to do it. Because now I've married her. And I can't say. So my wife said, honey, I don't want you to do that. I just can't say, well, see, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to do it anyway. Because. Remember, I got married, so we're one. So now I got to check in with her to hear what she has to say. Because if she say, honey, don't do it, then I got to say, well, you know what? Um, I got to really think about that. At least I got to try to talk her out of it. <laughs> That's okay. But the point of it is, is we can't do whatever we want. We need to be serious about meeting the needs of our spouse, because the devil is watching. He is waiting for you to become discontent. He is waiting for you and your marriage to be rocky so that he can come in and he can attack it because he don't like the family. He don't like marriage because it looked too much like Jesus in the church. He doesn't like it. So understand he is going to attack it. I promise you he would attack your marriage. Now, let's look at um, let's look at some things. Three things that will keep you from meeting the needs of your spouse. But before we do that, I have a very, very special guest uh, that I would like to call up this morning. And uh, her name is Peggy Bailey. So I want you to give her a hand of applause. And we're going to have uh, ushers come and, 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 and move things over. Now, this is the first time we've actually kind of did it this way. So, so y'all have to pray for us. Um, because we was actually going over this yesterday, but uh, we, we are sure you're going to be blessed because I want you all to get a, 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 just an inside look into our marriage and how we do things. I, I, we, have a, we have a good marriage. Uh, and, I would, and the only reason why I'm not saying great because there's always room for improvement. But we have a good marriage, and I want you to kind of see some of the things that we deal with and, and how we have been able to overcome in 20 years of marriage. 20 years, and you know what? It's no surprise. Uh, you know, the people, how many know the people of God, when somebody say, y'all been married for 20 and 30 years, people shouldn't look at Christians and say, wow. They should be like, that's expected. We're Christians. We, 
we stay married for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And so, and so, so anyway, we're going to talk about some things. How you doing, sweetie? Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. Now, you need a mic, so that way we're recording. So I tell you what, why don't you, why don't you sit over on this side? You sit on that side. And then I sit on this side. All righty. All right. Okay. You ready to do this? Ready when you are. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about three things that keep you from meeting the needs of your spouse. Uh, three things. Now, the first thing is uh, the rejection of the rejection of the unique differences in your spouse. How many know that all of us are made differently? You know, no, no two people are the same. Now, one of the things that happen in marriage is that a lot of times when we get married, we use all the energy that we should be using to love somebody to try to change the other person in marriage. How many of you like to be changed in your marriage? How many of you like for your spouse to try to change you? Nobody. I mean, if one, in fact, one of the first things you say is, uh, you know, you, you, can't, you, you can't, don't be trying to change me. You know, now, how many know that we all should be being changed in the sense that, you know, the Lord says that we shouldn't be bitter. We shouldn't be bitter. Right. You know, anything that, that that's against what God's word says, we all should be working toward that. But, you know, for example, my life don't like the same foods that I like. You know, uh, my wife, I like, uh, you know, I mean, like, well, you like steak. What, what don't you like? Uh, you can't eat seafood. <laughs> Uh, you know, um, or let's just let's just say, for example, um, you know, she likes certain movies. I don't. I mean, I like movies where there's action. I like I like the boom, boom, the fighting. I mean, I give me a, I like the Born Identity series. I mean, I like I like that. I like action. That's just me. Right. My wife, she wants to see a chick flick. She wants to see the love stuff. I'll sit there, you know, and a lot of times and, and, and uh, you got to admit, honey, I've gotten better. Because now she'll say, well, she wants to see one of these little movies. I used to get, like, really bothered, but I'll sit there and I'll smile and I'll, I'll go right through it. You know why? Because I know that that's what makes her happy. That's true. Right? That's true. Do you have anything you want to say about that? True. I believe when you do come into a marriage, you come and unite as one. But when you come and unite as one, you still have your own personality differences, your own thoughts, your own ways of doing things. Mm -hmm. And I believe that God gives each person their weaknesses and strengths for a reason because where I'm weak, he's strong. Mm -hmm. So we work hand in hand. And uh, I do like the action flicks sometimes because I know he likes it. So I try to go and I enjoy it, some of them, yeah, depending on where they are. <laughs> <laughs> but I find that God brings two different people together for a reason because a lot of things that I may be weak and Gary strong in and we kind of balance out each other. Uh, I, I've heard the old saying that if, if two of us are the same, one of us is unnecessary. <laughs> right? So why would you want to marry somebody? And it, so why do we spend so much time trying to change each other? Right. You know, I've just learned. I mean, and we all have little quirks, you know, that right. we all have. You know, uh, you know, I don't like the way you snore at night. Or, you know, I don't like the way you leave the, the, the cap off the toothpaste. Or, you know, I don't like the way you eat. You eat kind of funny, you know. And, uh, and then we say, won't you just change? You just need to, you know. And, and, and every time we do that, we, we just, we just we're introducing problems because, and those are things that that's just the way God made. I mean, I have a personality and I'm wired a certain way. Peggy has a personality and she's wired a certain way. In fact, the reason why I married Peggy was because she is different, was because she's a lot more calmer than I am in, in a lot of cases. And she actually think things through because I have known to be 
uh, have been known to be somewhat impulsive from time to time. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and <laughs> you know, you're not supposed to embarrass me up here. We talked about this. <laughs> but she, but Peggy would tell me, and, and she would come along, and she would say, "Honey, you, 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 why are you doing it? You, you can't do this." And what that's actually done for me is actually balance things out. And so, and so, I think one of the things that is important is that we got to be able to accept the differences in our spouses. They're different. And what? And one other thing that I want to add is that is there may be something that is different about your spouse, and you really want the change. The best way to get that change is to pray about it. But I found a lot of times that if I go to God in prayer and I really pray, God will make the change eventually. Mm-hmm. So don't get stressed over. Just give it to God. Some things God's going to have to change in your spouse. Amen. Um, the second thing is, and this is a big one, uh, that keeps you from meeting the needs of your spouse, is failure to understand what the other, is really, what the other really want or is really saying. Now, I had to learn, you know, I had to learn this kind of like the hard way, but you know, if my wife, for an example, and some of you men know what I'm talking about, because, you know, you know we men are wired a certain way. Men, y'all got to help me out today. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, we're wired a certain way. And when my wife says to me, honey, hold me, you know, I'm thinking, hold you, you know, close. The first thing I'm thinking about, this is time to get, you know, <laughs> you know, time to, for us to come together. But, and a lot of times, and she, and she would say to me, I don't want you to, I don't want you, I'm not trying to do it. I just need you to hold me. And I'm sitting there thinking, hold you? What, what is this? Hold you? I mean, I'm just being real. I'm like, you know, I'm thinking, you know, honey, you look good. You know, you want me to hold you? And that's not what she's saying. A lot of times, a men, and we got to understand this about our wives, a lot of times they'll say things and we, we automatically jump to, way over here, and we're thinking that, oh, well, you know, she want to go further. In actuality, I found a lot of times, you know, she just want, she just want to talk. She just want, she want to go to sleep. And I'm thinking, I'm sitting a lot of time like, why is she going to sleep? I mean, <laughs> she asked me to hold her. <laughs> go ahead. You have to say anything about that. The same way over the 20 years being married to Gary, I realized that sometimes when he comes home, he sometimes at first I thought, well, here he comes. He comes in the house. He doesn't say anything. He'll go back into the room. I'm like, I've been here all day with these kids. And he just walks in and goes back into the bedroom. I'm like, what's going well, I, on? I do say hi. Well, he, he says hi. <laughs> but I found a lot of times it's nothing against me personally. It's just his way of dealing with the stresses of every day. I mean, he has a lot on his shoulders. He has the ministry, he has his job, and they're taking care of the family. So a lot of times that's just his way of saying, I just need a break. But I might look at it differently like, oh, he's ignoring me. I've been home all day. I mean, you have a nerve just to walk back into the room and shut the door. Mm-hmm. But I've, now that I know mm-hmm. what it is, and over the years we've learned to, how to, you know, just to uh, catch our cues. When we don't want to be bothered, he has a certain way that he acts. And I have a certain way that I act, and that doesn't mean that I'm mad at him or he's mad at me. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I think what's really been important, I mean, I, I can say from my perspective, uh, one of the things, this is why if you have to learn this about your husband, how your husband is wired. A lot of times, for me, when I tend to get overwhelmed with things, I'm a little bit more quiet. So I, I just don't say a lot. Not, not that I walk around in doom and gloom, but I tend to just kind of like, I'll, I'll be nice, I'll say hi, but then I'm just, I'm just kind of, right. the way I process stuff is that I'm a little quiet. Now, there was a time when Peggy would automatically assume and jump the gun, and she would say, oh, you're just ignoring me. 
Yeah, I want to talk. I've been here with the kids. And I understand that. And, and, and so it's a give and take. So I'm thinking, okay. And a lot of times I'll come in, I'll be like, okay. And she'll come in. She said, what, what, what's wrong? And it, it took, and I will say to you, it took a period of time for us to kind of understand. And now, I mean, if that, you know, it happens every so often, Peggy, instead of to come in there and just, you know, what's wrong with you? Won't you do A, B, and C? She actually asked me, she says to me, honey, what's going on with you? And I'm like, boom. She's, now she's getting at it because something happened during the day that really tripped me out. And she, if she didn't ask, and when she asked me what's wrong with me, it tells me that she's thinking about me and she understands that it's no personal attack against her. And see, this is where we got to understand. Sometimes we, we got to understand each other and we can't always assume that and, uh, you know, uh, that the person is anti us or something like that. And I think the devil always whispered to us, well, you know, he doesn't care. She doesn't care. Look what you've been doing. And the reality of it is, is we all care about our spouses. Exactly. I care about my wife and I know she cares about me. And one of the things that has helped us in our marriage is we always got this saying at home is focus on the big picture. You know, always look at the big picture. I know that no matter what happens in our marriage, Peggy is always on my side. She's always, it doesn't matter. We may not always agree on everything, but I know that come hell or high water, this woman right here is going to be on my side. So I keep everything in perspective. So I never get too high. I never get too low. I never overreact because I've come to learn the importance of of, of just listening mm-hmm. and, and knowing that we're on the same team. And what happened to a lot of couples is they forget they're on the same team. Exactly. We get so caught up in the moment, and then we begin to attack each other. And when we start attacking each other, that's a no-win for everybody. Exactly. And so that's when we need to kind of pull back and just kind of, uh, you know, just kind of take a deep breath and, uh, and, and understand each other. Okay. Um, the third point, another reason why that we keep from meeting our spouse's need is selfishness. Selfishness. How I many of selfishness is a big one? Um, a lot of people today are in and out of marriage because they are selfish. Selfishness is brutal on marriage. And one of the ways that you know that you are selfish in marriage is when your spouse comes up to you and they try to tell you what their needs are. And you go, here we go. What's wrong now? See, that's a clear sign. That's, that's, a, that's a person that's being a little bit selfish because I can come home and, and, you know, and Peggy has had a long day. You know, my wife is a stay-at-home mom. Well, actually, it's not part true now because actually you got this. She's a substitute teacher. Uh, and so she's been dealing with kids all day long. So she only had to deal with the ones at the school. And now, for the life of me, I don't know why she chose to deal with elementary school kids. Uh, that ain't my strong suit. That's not my anointing. Uh, but, but, but Peggy has chose to deal with the little ones. And, uh, but then also, uh, she also has to deal with the ones when we come home. And so, so then I'm battling. Sometimes I'm even driving up in the driveway and the Holy Spirit. I can call my wife and I can talk to her. And she don't even have to really tell me what's wrong. I know something is up by the sound of her voice. And the Holy Spirit would say to me, this group, she, she's not doing well today. Now, I got a choice at that moment, okay? <laughs> I got a choice. I can go in there and demand my way and say, look, look now, you don't be jumping on me. I had a rough day too. Or 
what I've learned to do is I take a deep breath. And sometimes if I know that she's upset, then what I do is I'll drive in a driveway. I'll sit in the car for five minutes if I had a rough day. I just sit in the car for five minutes and I pray and I get my heart right before I even walk through the door. Now, why am I doing that? I'm doing that because I know the Lord has already spoken to me and I don't want to go in there and, and, and then we just become, we, 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 we kind of attack each other. So we can't do that. So one of the things, so what we do is I, we, we got to get out of this selfish mode it's not just about us, and we got to learn how to develop some thick skin. Exactly. Do you have anything you want to say about exactly that? Exactly, the same way. I did you all that. To Mike I'm sorry. I did all that because I know that he's had a long day as well, just as long as my day. Mm-hmm. He has pressures that I cannot even see working in his type of position, and I guess Michelle can, I mean, stuff he goes through and the stresses on his job is just as much as it's on mine. So I got to remember that as well when he walks through that door, that he's tired too. And then, like he said, there's got to be a balance. And we got to look out for each other. Mm-hmm. Like he said, we're on the same team. Mm-hmm. So. And, I, and, I, and I think when a marriage is functioning in a way that you're actually, the both of us is focusing on not being self-centered. Exactly. You know, I'm focusing on her, her needs. Even though I may be tired, but I'm focusing on, okay, what does she need? Because I mean, no, that is the spirit of Christ. Christ, he came, he served, he gave himself. And if I'm thinking that way and she's thinking that way, then selfishness really don't have a shot in our relationship because we're both thinking about the other person. And that is that's biblical and that's the way God uh, will want us to do it. Um, now we'll go into the, uh, the four major needs of a man, the four major needs. And we're going to talk about the 30 major needs of a woman next week. But this that's just a joke. We're going to we're going to talk about the four <laughs> major needs of a man. Uh, the first major need of a man, watch this, is honor. Honor. In Ephesians 5, I believe you have, David, do you have Ephesians 5.33? If we can take a look at that, it talks about, Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife, watch this, see that she respects that same word is reverence. It, is same word, it also means honor. Honor her husband. Because women, I'm going to tell you the most important thing that a man needs is respect and he needs honor. If you want to see your man clam up, if you want to see him become discouraged and not open up to you, dishonor him. Yeah. And you are in a world of hurt. I mean, one of the things that I can, I can say about my wife uh, you know, and I can say so many things about Peggy, but Peggy has always affirmed my leadership as a leader in the home. She's always affirmed that, and she never gets on the phone. And I remember, you remember when we first got married? How did your sisters and brothers? Well, how did your sisters feel about me? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like him too. <laughs> well, they had good reasons. They had good reasons. I wasn't saved at the time, so I had some issues. Uh, you know, before we got married, and so I had, I had not been. So, you know, I had not been, I wasn't saved, and so, you know, I was kind of like out there, and, and uh, what, what happened when you went and told your mom, because then we got saved, we both got saved mm-hmm. together, I gave you an engagement <laughs> ring, and when you went to show your mother the engagement ring, what did your mother say? My mother said, <laughs> it looked like it came out of a bubblegum machine. <laughs> a bubblegum machine is what her mother said. She said, that's not real. She said the ring because, you know, and, and Peggy had an opportunity there because 
all of our sisters, they were against me. All right. Because you know how family is sometimes. I mean, we love family, but the reality of it is, is family is always jumping in and out of marriages. You know, they're always in it. And so we have, and I can say this, in fact, because Peggy could have went the other way and she could have sit there and she could talk about, because they'll, they'll talk, and they'll, they used to come to my house and they'll come visit. And then I'll be, I shut the TV down. Boom, we don't have no TV on. And they get upset about that. And, you know, and, and, and Peggy will always, but you know what Peggy did? If, instead of Peggy saying, well, I'm just going to go ahead and do it, even though I know Gary cut it off. She just said, so no, we, we're, not, we're, not, we're not cutting that on there. We're going to have a, we're going to talk and get to know each other a little bit. And she has, she has always been that way. As far as I know, she has never, ever talked to anybody in her family or outside in a way that dishonored me as her husband. She has always respected me. And let me tell you something. When my wife honors me, I feel like the man. I feel, come on, man, I'm all right about it. When, when your wife honors you and she's, you feel like you are the man because, you know, like I give you an example. I can preach a sermon. Um, you all may not always, I come, I come and ask you, that's why I don't even ask. But if I come and ask you how was the word, y'all are automatically, oh, it was good. But then you'll go back home and say, oh, it wasn't good today. Now, my <laughs> wife, my wife, if Peggy is always, she's always going to tell me the truth, right? And uh, when my wife says to me, honey, that word was strong today. That was anointed. Man, I'm telling you, my, because men are ego driven. That's the way we think. We're just, we're like that. We're conquerors, right? We're warriors, you know, we like to conquer, and we like to feel like we're, we're the man, yeah. you know. And, when, and Peggy has this tendency, and she'll come up, and she'll say things to me all the time. She'll say, that was awesome, that was strong, that was good. And, and every time she does that, she just, it just affirms me. Right. And even inside the home, if there's something with regard to the kids, I will say something to the kids that we want things a certain way. Mm-hmm. Peggy always, and we discuss things, don't, don't get me wrong, no, she disagrees with me. I mean, you know, and, and, and we'll talk about that in a minute, how we deal with that. But, but Peggy always affirmed, and she says, this is the way Daddy said we're going to do it, and this is the way we're going to do it. And, and so whenever we come out, we're always, as far as coming out before the children, we're always on the same page. Always. We're all, always on the same page. You ever say anything about honor? I think honor, um, the Bible says we're to submit to our husbands as unto the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I look at that as how would you talk to God? I would think you would talk to your husband the same way as you talk to the Lord, out of respect and reverence for him being the Godhead of your home. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, and, and the Bible says, as, uh, as, uh, as, the, as the wife, as the as church is subject to Christ, let the wife be also subject to their husband. And this just really has to do with respect. Now, some of you may be saying, well, what if my husband, because I hear this, this is one of the common things I hear. What if my husband is not living right. He's not a godly man. He doesn't lead. He doesn't pray. He, matter of fact, he never hardly even want to go to church. What do I do in situations like that? Because we hear that a lot. Well, I'm glad you asked. Because 1 Peter chapter 3, you have, you have that verse? Uh, 1 Peter chapter 3. If you all want to turn there, we'll, we'll show you how to handle that. And, and then this is a powerful concept because it also talks about how, you know, it talks about how we should treat our husbands, even though they may not be in a place that we think they ought to be. How many know their wives always believe that their job is to assemble men and put us together because we're so messed up? <laughs> you know, wives generally do think that way. That's their job is to fix us. So, so uh, and Fr- Diva laughing because she knows it's true. First Peter, first Peter chapter 3. First Peter chapter 3. 
uh, it says, and look at verses one, um, look at verse number one. Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, okay? Watch this. That even if some do not obey the word. Okay. All right, so now this is talking about a husband that ain't following the word. Okay. Now, not obeying the word is not obeying the word, right? I ain't not doing what the word of God says. That even if they don't obey the word, here's how you are to do it. Who is that spiritual anointed woman of God? That, that they, without a word, without you mouthing off at them, because it's really talking about an issue of honor here and disrespect, because sometimes it's very easy to do that, but without a word, may be won by the conduct of their wives. Amen. And then it says, when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. So, so, understood, so it's even saying, it's even talking about wives are still to honor their husbands and still to respect them, even though they are not obeying the word. Now, obviously, we, we do not uh, do anything, you know, our spouse, either one of us, that's, that's against the word of God. You understand what I'm saying? So we never disobey God's word. If my spouse, your spouse says to you, honey, I think we ought to go and get drunk. I think we ought to watch some dirty movies. No, I'm not doing that. Okay. Um, you know, because the Bible tells me not to do that. But outside of that, right. you are supposed to respect and honor your husband in, in, without a word, not even just yelling and mouthing off and telling him how no good he is. Mm. But honor him in a way. And, and here's the thing. If you look down in verse number six there, that same chapter, I believe it says, And Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. Now, I know some of you are saying, wait a minute, I ain't calling my husband no Lord. But if you really look at the context <laughs> of that verse and what it's really saying there, right. it's saying that Sarah respected and honored her husband as the leader of the home. And, 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 and she called him Lord. In other words, she honored him. Absolutely. Women, let me tell you something. Honor your husbands. Affirm their leadership. Men. Men like it when our wives affirm our leadership and when our wives honor and respect us. We gravitate toward places of honor. Um, I have something to that. Um, the Bible also says that a wise woman builds up her house and a foolish woman tears it down. Mm-hmm. When you dishonor your husband, you're dishonoring yourself because you're one. When you talk about your husband with other people or you disrespect him in front of other people, you're really disrespecting yourself Mm -hmm. because you're a one. And not only that, I think it's important that we show our kids a godly example, what a godly woman can be and what a Christian marriage is because that's the only example they're going to see is that what we set before them. We want them to have that godly example, not the worldview of what marriage is about. And when we do that to our spouses, dishonor them, we're showing them the worldview of what marriage is about not a christian view and they're going to be ra- you're raising them up to be godly young men and women and when they get married you want them to you know have a christian marriage as well and you want to set the perfect example this is how we treat each other as christians mm-hmm. so your children are watching you and they hear what you say you may not think they do but they do so it's important not just to honor our spouses because the word says so but think of the children as well that we're raising up a godly seed and we're setting an example, a godly example, before our kids. And I, and I can't tell you that how many times as a pastor I've actually counseled people who tell me that um, a particular husband who says that their wife says some horrible things to them in front of the kids. And, and all we're doing is, you know, our kids are like little sponges. 
They absorb stuff. And when we disrespect or dishonor right in front of the kids, they look at that and, you know, they'll grow up and they'll dishonor and disrespect their husband as well if they're, if they're a female. Because that was the example that was set before them. And so we want to make sure that we always are, you know, like, like the Bible says, um, as the church is subject to Christ, let the wives be subject to their husbands. Mm-hmm. I, think they, I think my wife even said this earlier. I think the key point is, how would you talk to Jesus? That's the same way you need to communicate to your husband with honor and with respect. Because, you know, um, you know, sometimes we can go into the world. Mm-hmm. We go in our workplaces and we can honor and respect our boss and everybody else around us. Then we come home and we just talk down to the one we love. And um, the world has distorted the word submiss- submission. And submission, they look at a lady who's been submissive as weak, really. A lady who's been submissive not weak, they're very strong. It take a very strong woman to be submissive. And I think it's important, too, that submissive does not mean that one is better than the other, but it really, we're equal partners in a relationship. And what it means is that the male, all submission is, is that the male take the lead. He takes the lead for the well-being of the home. But your wife, we're equal partners. There's no one greater than the other. Exactly. My, wife, my wife follows my lead. Okay. Now, my wife will tell me when she think I'm wrong. And I said before last week, men, if your wife, you, you are, you, can I just say this and y'all understand it and take it in the right way. You are stupid if you don't listen to your wives. Right. Because remember, we're joint heirs together with Christ. Exactly. And so, so submission is just really just, it, it demonstrates order in the home. And anytime you go outside of God's order, it's, it's going to create chaos in your marriage. You're just going to have chaos. And people struggle with that because the world says, oh, you know, submission, submission has nothing to do with except, you know what, um, you know, this is God's order. My husband is the leader. We do stuff together. We think things together. We pray together. But ultimately, you know, he's the leader, and I'm going to affirm him as the leader in the exactly. home. You know, I'm going to affirm that. And he may not even be where you want him to be right now. But remember, a wise woman builds up, builds up her, her house. house. A foolish woman tears it down. So then you speak to that man where you want him to be. Exactly. And you exactly. elevate him by the way that you treat him. And when you treat and you honor your man, I'm going to tell you, your man is going to respond to you. Exactly. He's going to respond. Am I right about it, man? Talk to me. Help amen. me. Yes. yes. Amen. <laughs> amen. All right. Um, okay, let's talk about, oh, gosh. Uh, three things real quick. How do we honor? How do we give honor? These are just some little pointers. Uh, one of the things we got to let, we got to let, uh, wives, we got to let your man fail sometimes. Mm. You know, uh, you know, men like, like, it's like the map thing. You know how it is when you, you know, you got, you're driving and, and men like to try to, they got to find a spot. And you the whole time you're there saying, well, you not you got going the right way. And, and he's sitting there and he's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to find this. Just, just be quiet. Let me do this. And you're saying, wait a minute, you're going the wrong way. This is not right. And, and I know sometimes we want to, wives want to jump in there and say, what are you doing? But, <laughs> but sometimes women, listen, in order for a man to be a leader, he has to be allowed sometimes to fail. Now, if you know he's going to do a serious crash and burn, you may want to protect him from that. But you know what? Sometimes in order for any leader is going to fail, right? Mm-hmm. 
So, so give your man a little space. Let him breathe. Let him figure out some things on his own. Don't always try to jump in there. I got to save you, honey. Because, because what you're doing is, uh, let, me t- let me tell you what's happening, is you're not allowing him. You're suppressing that, 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 that manhood, that, 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 the way God wired him. You, you're, you're kind of suppressing that because you're not allowing him to lead. He wants to lead. Men really do want to lead. So a lot of them just don't know how to. They want to lead. They want to be good husbands, but a lot of them don't know how, know how to. So women, I always say this, women got more influence. Use your influence in a positive way to build up your man and to push him in a direction that, that he should go in the sense that I'm going, to, I'm going to help you be the man that God called you to be. And I'm not going to try to get in the way of that. I'm not going to try to take the lead. But, you know, my wife is very, very good at that. She's very, very good at just... Just uh, not only just allowing me to lead, um, but she put me in position uh, for me to win. And, I, and, 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 and she don't have to do that, but she always put me in a position to win. And I, I like that. I don't really worry about the map thing anymore. I just thank God for GPS. <laughs> okay. All right. So the second one, how do we give honor, is we also need to confront in love. Confront in love. Um, Case in point, um, a lot of times, you know, Peggy will, when I say a lot of times, I mean a lot of times, she will disagree with something about what I do. Um, and one of the things that we have learned to do is not to resort, particularly early, early in our marriage, it will result to personal attacks, mm-hmm. all right? You know how it is. You, you start questioning each other's motives, and how do you know that's a no-win situation? Mm-hmm. Anytime you start questioning your spouse's motive, terrible, terrible. Um, but when... It's conf- when you confront your husband, the way to confront your husband is that, you know what, honey? Um, and, you know, uh, you know um, the kids, uh, you know, you really haven't been spending much. You, know, you got two ways to do this. You can say, well, you know what? Uh, it seems like every day this week you've just been in that Bible, reading that Bible, and, uh, and, and you spent, like, no time with the kids. And you really need to spend some time with the kids. They need their daddy. I mean, what are you going to do, man up or what? I mean, you know, they need their dad. <laughs> Okay, that's one way to do it. Right. Or she can come along like what Peggy does. She can come along and she'll say things like, hey, honey, um, you think maybe we can go over to uh, D.C., have something really nice over at the uh, nice museum? The kids are looking at that. I thought maybe y'all just come on, let's go. On, let's, let's go. You know, and I'm thinking, yeah, why not? <laughs> but beca- now, I have no idea. And a lot of times I figure it out. I know what she's trying to do because Peggy, you know, I've known her. So she'll come up and she'll say little things. But here's the thing. She don't come up there and try to be boisterous and try to force me. Because whenever you try to become the enforcer, you, betr- you become the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And when you try to become the Holy Spirit, how many know it don't work? Mm-hmm. You, you can't. And, and, and so, so always confront in a way that maintains honor and respect to your husband. Because remember, we're ego sensitive. Right. And some of you are saying, well, that's the problem with my husband. His ego too big. <laughs> And so we all worry about that. But, you know, that's, but, but listen, listen, we got to allow ourselves to be vulnerable to an extent because here's the problem. Uh, when you dishonor us, when you, when you attack us in that way, uh, remember, we, we shut down, we clam up, we don't open up to you, okay, as much. And when we do feel like we got a good idea, we'll be hesitant to talk to you about it because we don't know what you might do with the information you got. Exactly. Whether or not you're going to use it against me or whether or not you're going to help me with it. So, so, um, um, 
just to add something to that it's not so much what you say is how you say it sometimes I always tell my husband that it's not what you said, it's how you said it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you can say something one way, but you didn't mean it that way, but it came off that way. And also, I think it's important what your speech is towards your husband, because I was telling him, for those who work, I don't think you would go into your boss and say, you better give me a raise today because I've been working here. You wouldn't say that to him. You would go in there respectful and talk to him respectful. Don't you think you owe that so much to your husband, to this man who's just your boss? This is your spiritual head. And if you are going to confront and you do have a disagreement, don't do it in front of the kids. Try to do it in the privacy of your bedroom or when the kids are out of view. Because you always want to treat your husband with respect in front of your children. Mm-hmm. Because they're, gonna, they're learning from you all the time. Mm-hmm. And another point I want to make to that. You ever notice that uh, during a football game, basketball game, why do you think they always have those cheerleaders up there yelling and screaming? Mm-hmm. Affirmation. You know, you go, yes, yes, you do it, you can do it. You, I mean, I mean, we, 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 it, that's, it's, it's, it, it, it's a positive atmosphere, it's charging, and it gives us that little, mm, mm-hmm. that I can go and I can win, I can do this. Mm-hmm. Wives, and Peggy is my biggest cheerleader. Amen. Well, I mean, this woman is always cheering me on, and she always want to make sure that I'm winning. And, and the wives, the best thing you can be, do for your husband is be his biggest fan. Be his biggest. You be over there in the background. You go. You go. You go. You go. And I'm going to tell you something. That man going to be like, yeah. Because <laughs> it's just the way we're wired. We want, we want that. We, 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 we need that. Um, the uh, second thing, and we got to move quick because we're, um, uh, the second thing, I want another big need that men has. We said there was four things, and this is no shocker to anybody, and that is sex. Anybody know what that is? <laughs> um, it is a need that men have. You remember I said earlier, uh, you know, how, how men are wired. You know, we, you know, it doesn't take a whole lot, you know, <laughs> give you an example. Um, you know, men are um, visually stimulated. Right. And, you know, wise, and one of the things I've learned about, you know, over the years of my wife is that, you know, if I want to really entice my wife in a way of intimacy, mm-hmm. I got to start early in the morning. Mm-hmm. I got to start when I get out of the bed. If I want to be intimate with my wife, I got to take out the trash. I got to drive a few nails in something. Somebody in here know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, I, I get, I, there's a lot of neat little things I do in order to to get my wife to a point where she want to respond uh, to me in that way. But, but kind of like going back to what I said earlier, uh, how men think, you know, mm-hmm. we, you know, it don't take a whole lot. I mean, we, we see a naked woman, our wife, just like, boom, we're ready. That's, that's, that's just the way we're wired. Women ain't like that. They're like, you know, you know, and they want to have a conversation. They ain't trying to have a conversation. They, you know, men want to have, this is one of the things that the way God gifted him. He wired us that way. That, and this is, and sometimes, and you know, wives, you can look at it and he go, again? I mean, <laughs> gosh, I mean, what's wrong with you? Are you sick? I mean, you just, I mean, what's the problem? And, you know, but it's just, it's, it's the way we're wired. And remember, Satan always want to try to use that. He want to always try to use it. And I'm going to tell you something. He is always going to be trying to send somebody to try to tempt 
If you, you all can't see, I mean, there's sensuality everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's no, and, and you know, the whole, the porn industry, think about this. The porn industry is a billion times, about 10 times billions of dollars over because they know that men are stimulated by what they see. Right. They know it. Well, they pervert it in the wrong way. They pervert it, and so they, 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 they put this out there because they know how men are wired. Right. And I think that sometimes wives got to be careful because sometimes, you know, we can use that mm-hmm. as a tool against our, if our husband don't do right, you know, mm-hmm. then you know what, then I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to respond to you in that way. Right. And I think one of the things that we got to be careful about is that we got to make sure that we're meeting that need because that is a need that your man has. He has that need for sexual interaction with his wife. Okay. And, uh, and you do well to fulfill that and not to turn him uh, away because he's kind of wired that way. You have anything to say about I that? I agree thing? because... Um, you definitely got to help me out on this. <laughs> I, it's important that we do meet each other's needs because the uh, world has perverted what God has meant for beautiful. And when we don't meet the needs of our spouses at home, they're going to find it somewhere else. Because you got to remember, our men are uh, hit in the face with it everywhere. Media, billboards, uh, ladies at work, I mean, people they come in contact with. So it's important that we do meet each other's needs that way because the devil will creep in. And like he said, the porn industry has made billions of dollars off of unmet needs of men and women. And we as wives have a responsibility and husbands as well has a responsibility to meet the needs in the home. Mm-hmm. And, and I will also echo this. Let me, let me say this as it relates to that, because I think this is important. It's kind of a sensitive subject, but one of the things I think is important is knowing that men are visually stimulated because we are just, just the way we are. I think it's important to wives that, that we take care of ourselves. You know, my wife do a lot of neat things. I come home sometimes and I know now, it's not every day I come home, because some days I come home and, I, and she's had a rough day, house looked jacked up, and, uh, and, 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 and she looked like she had just got out of bed, and it's like 6, 7 o'clock in the afternoon. But there are a lot of times, more times than not, when I come home, my wife looks good. Now, she don't put on high heels and all that, but, you know, she, does, she looks good. And I'm going to tell you something, when I'm out there looking at all these images all day, it's good to come home to my wife and see my wife looking good for me. I mean, if my wife can go out and go to school and look good for the boss, exactly. and look good, then look good for your man. And I can tell you, when I come home, my wife is looking good. I'm telling you, I'm like, honey, let's hurry up and put it. <laughs> I will help her put the kids to bed. Yeah. I will help her. Just relax. And, 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 and this is where we really live, right? I'm just, I'm just saying. And so taking care of ourselves. I have responsibility to take care of myself. Exactly. I mean, I'm always concerned about my wife's health, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, we get older. We have problems with blood pressure. We have problems with all kind of issues. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we need to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves, our spouse. Right. And, and, and so I always, when I'm, when I'm lifting weights and I'm working out, and my wife said, for example, I'm just being honest, she said, I like them big shoulders. So, you know, I'm not lifting weights. I'm thinking, boom, I'm doing more shoulder work. You know why? Because I want my wife. Those are her shoulders. This body belongs to her and vice versa. Right. So I want to look good for her. And so I have made, put in a lot of investment, a lot of times, because I want to make sure that when my, when my wife sees me, she says, now, 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 now granted, now, men, we got to be realistic because, you know, our wife bore our kids. 
And I've determined that I'm not going to let some little scantily dressed lady who happened to be look this Barbara doll image that don't really it's not really the way real life is exactly. undermine my marriage. The woman who birthed my kids. Are you, are you with me? Amen. I mean, she birthed my kids. She's a mother of my kids. And so I love this woman and she knows I ain't going nowhere. But that's no excuse for us to just let ourselves go. There's no excuse. We still need to make sure that we're taking care of each other. It's important that we take care of our bodies, not just for ourselves, but for our children, for them, to set good examples, a health example before them. And our husbands, believe it or not, ladies, want to come home to a beautiful wife. He wants to open the door and, and say, you know, it's Jack, his sanctuary. And when he's, you got to remember it. When he's out working, I mean, he's working around other ladies who are looking good. So when he wants to come home, he wants the same thing. I'm not saying walk around like Mrs. Cleaver. No, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but. You, haven't, you haven't noticed by that, but every, anytime you see that on TV, <laughs> that they always wake up in the morning and their hair is always <laughs> perfect. They got lifted going, their breath don't stink. I'm, I'm, like, not, I'm not talking about that, but that I know real. all of us, especially, <laughs> especially when you're home all day with the kids, you just don't feel like it. But I'm just saying that shouldn't be the norm. That should not be the norm. You should want to look up for your husband when he comes home. Great. Um, third, and we got to move. Uh, can we do another five minutes? Are we good, guys? Okay, I know we're running a little bit late. Uh, be, uh, we're going a little bit long this morning. Um, the, the third thing the men need, the third thing the men need is they need uh, to be friends with their wife. Um, we need to be able to have that outlet. One of the things about men is that we don't open up as easy as women. Shocker, <laughs> you know, <laughs> women kind of can sometimes wear their emotions on their sleeve. They're just a little bit more emotional because that's the way God made them. I mean, you know, like, for, and I think men are wired that way because we are naturally protectors. Mm-hmm. We're providers, you know, just, just the way we are wired. That's why we can go out, we can hunt, we can shoot Bambi, we can shoot all the mom, everybody. We come home, we're totally fine with it. We shoot everybody. We, we're cool with it because we're kind of like not emotionally wired that way. I mean, we, we can come home, we can just detach it, you know, because it's like, you know, but but one of the things I think is important is that 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 men need that outlet, somebody that they feel like they can talk to. And my wife, my wife, my wife and I've been married for 20 years. And I can tell you that this woman is my best friend, Peggy Barnett. I can tell Peggy anything. And not only I know I can tell her anything, I know that what I tell Peggy, because there's some things that I won't you know, that's very difficult for me to talk about, and I probably would never share with other people outside of my relationship with God. I can share with her because I know that she's going to take the information, and it's a safe place. Amen. And I can share with her. And so having that, that outlet that I can come and I can sit down and talk to my wife and say, honey, do you understand? I'm going to tell you something that does a world of, a world of good uh, for me. Um, and I think it does a world, of, a world of good for our men that they have a wife uh, that they have fun with. You know, I, I said before, you know, you hear me say it all the time here, that me and Peggy, we, I said, Peggy, we're going to be together anyway. Uh, so we might as well have fun. Mm-hmm. And so learn to have fun with each other. You know, go out, do stuff together. You know, what happened to fun? What happened to, you know what, you know, me and my wife, we got, we became friends because we first started dating. We had fun. We went out, we was laughing together. We was joking together. You know, she thought I was corny, you know, and, you know, and I thought she was kind of strange in her own little ways. You know, I, I won't embarrass you. But, but you know, but we have, we, we have fun. And so, so we kind of go back there. I mean, we go out, we act silly together. We have dinner. We talk. We do stupid stuff, you know. She'll be walking. And then I'll just turn around. I'll just kind of just kick her on the behind and, you know, in the fun, not hurt her. But the point of it is, is 
We are laughing and having fun. How many of you just have fun with the one you love? Right. You know what? I'm just going to, let's just go have some fun. Let's, just, let's go to an amusement park. Let's, let's just set the kids down at a nice place, you know, where <laughs> somebody where they won't bother you. And just say, you know what? It's just going to be me and mom. You know, we're going to, honey, we're going to have fun. Because that's how you cultivate friendship. And, and, and that's how the marriage becomes really fun. You want to have a fun marriage. How many of you want to have a boring marriage that you just, every day, we take care of the kids, we go to work, we eat, we go to sleep? You know, after a while, that gets old. Right. There need to be some spontaneity in the relationship. And, 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 and one way to cultivate that friendship is making sure that you're spending time alone and you're, you're having some time together. And that doesn't take a lot of money. I mean, for some who may not yeah, have true. older children lot, so true. who can take care of their little ones, I mean, you can set a time where you're going to put them to bed early, get some candles, some soft music, and when he comes in, he said, we're going to have a special dinner tonight, just me and you. I mean, you can do little things like that. It doesn't take you having to go out and leave the house if you don't want to. So there's a lot of ways you can put that intimacy and that fun and that romance back into your marriage. Right. And it's really important that you do that because, um, you know, people tend to get bored with each other. I mean, that's just the way we are. And you want to have that spontaneity and that romance all the time in your marriage because if they're not going to get it at home, you know, there's going to be somewhere else waiting around the corner to say, let's have fun. Right. Right. Devil comes in that way. Amen. Uh, lastly, the last need of a man, and we talked about the four needs. Uh, uh, would, would men, anybody paying attention, what's the first need? <laughs> you know I was going to give you a test. All right. Honor and respect. What's the second one? Sex. Sex. Men need it. What's the third one? Friendship. Friendship. And the fourth one, men need domestic support. We need that. Um, now, let me say this, because we live in the real, we live in America, all right? In America today, in most scenarios, you have both husband and wife working. Mm -hmm. And I think that, I think it's, I, let, me, let me put it this way. I have a hard time believing that Jesus would be sitting at home watching TV, drinking a jar of Kool-Aid while he got, watched his wife do all the work in the house. That just, I just can't imagine. You know, the Bible says that Jesus came to, to serve and to give, give his life. So Jesus was a servant. And, but at the same time, I think that it's primarily the wife needs to take the charge and the lead in making sure that the house is a sanctuary. I can tell you that I am no good when it comes to coordinating and putting stuff. I mean, you, I mean, one time Peggy, and I actually got a picture. I should have, I wish I brought it. But you remember that one time I dressed Elise and I took a picture with an old Polaroid camera. I, hooked, I thought the girl was hooked up. She, it was pink. And I looked at it and I sat in that chair and she kept rocking over. And I said, sit up, girl. And I, you know. And she had on this little hat, and it was, it was a pink outfit. I thought it matched. And Peg said, what in the world did you do to my baby? That looks, what, what is the baby? And the hat was all coming down over the baby's face. It, it was just because, because women are gifted. They're just more gifted at, at putting things together, color coordinating, making sure that, I mean, that's, that's what their strength is. That's what they do. And, uh, you know, and, and so Peggy, Peggy is very good. And there are bad times I come home, you know, for an example, and, uh, you know, every now and then, you know, things are a little rough in the house. And I know because I got to be understanding men, you just can't expect your wife to be all the time having everything just perfect. Exactly. But let me tell you something. When I come home and there's order in the house, man, I just feel like, wow. I just, I just, I, just, I don't know what it is, but I, I just feel, I'm like, baby, thank you. And, uh, 
And, and then not that, not that I leave the work to her, because like last night, I had the vacuum cleaner. Guess what Pastor was doing last night? I was going through the house. I was vacuuming. I get in there, not as much. I don't bust the suds as much because I got those two teenagers. So they go in. Y'all wash dishes. Daddy, bad. Y'all can at least wash and clean. They'll tell you that. They don't like doing that. But I'll clean. I'll do little things around the house. And, but Peg is always a driving force behind that. She'll say, you need to fix this. You need to fix that. You need to fix it. You need to fix that. And because a lot of times I'm not even really thinking about it. When are you going to fix this? And she said, I got a problem at home right now. And she thought, when are you going to fix it? You know, and, and, I, and, I just, and I can't say, no, I'm not going to say, well, but, you know, what I'm going to say, you're right. I got I got I got I got to take care of that. But the point of it is, is men need that domestic support. Um, and in the last scripture, can you put it up there, Titus? And then we're done. Uh, but it talks about that they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, um, and to, um, is that it? Love the- <laughs> It's one partner that says the keepers of the home, but it's not there. Yeah, you didn't see that. In other words, women, it's your primary responsibility to make sure that your home is a sanctuary. You're, you're to take the lead. Not that women should do all the work. Men need to partner with their wives. Right. Just like I ate with a brother the other night. He was saying, I know my wife going to have me doing a whole bunch of stuff. You know? And that's good. She takes the lead. Doesn't mean she does everything. It just means that she initiates the well-being of the home because that's her primary responsibility. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Well, um, that wasn't too bad for my wife first time, right? Come on, give her a hand. <laughs> Great. Um, next week, we'll kind of get into the understanding and needs uh, of, the, of the wife, and that'll probably take two, three weeks. So, no, just kidding. Uh, so, uh, so why don't we just take some time and just, just pray?